This is Performance Deliver, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success podcast. We talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, we're going to talk about AI and how agencies and media companies can use it to improve several areas of their business. Here to speak with me about the topic is Ben Breen, who's the founder and chairman of Canary, an award-winning reputation management solution company for professionals, brands, and enterprises. Bent has worked for numerous marketing holding companies and held different leadership roles at Publicist, Dansu, and IPG. He was inducted into the Advertising Hall of Achievement in 2010. Welcome back, Bent. Glad to be here. Well, last time we spoke about the research you had done to identify how agencies use AI, you, you had mentioned that it looks like there, there is no common definition for what AI is among agencies, that there is that there is fear among agency leaders in regards to, well, is AI going to take over the world in, in, in their way, make people redundant and, and therefore an agency, so to speak, in all the operations as run by machines. What, what I wanted to start off with today is looking at that insight. Is that more for bigger agency or have you seen that for smaller agencies too? And are smaller agencies more likely to adopt to AI? And if so, why? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think that the that there are a, a handful of examples of uh, really, really creative things that have been done by very small agencies. Um, uh, some of them actually based out in Los Angeles. Um that uh, that you know kind of almost like take the chat chatbot idea to the next level very kind of highly niche highly creative areas and those have been done by smaller agencies um i think that the bigger agencies um some of them like uh you know universal mccann um uh is is actually a good example of it on the media side um Uh, I know that actually Horizon did this as well, where they, they contracted, in the case of UM, they contracted IBM to uh, roll out Watson as a supporter for uh, their media, their programmatic media buying, or not only programmatic, really almost all media, so just mm -hmm. decision-making in that process. Um, I think the challenge is, I, I don't know if that's stuck. I don't know if they're still doing that. I, I don't know if it was just like a shiny object. Um, there are smaller agencies in the media space. Like um, there's a company called Albert uh, that uh, operates as uh, kind of an AI led media company agency. Um, I think the challenge I've had with companies like Albert is that they are, They have trained Albert really to focus just on Facebook, you know, mm. buying ads on Facebook, yeah. which is great. But, you know, that's not going to shut down. That's not enough, right? We need a lot more complexity there. Um, I, I, I don't – I think the only advantage that a small company agency might have is that uh, they're not encumbered by the massive structures – Um, but I, I think that it's really important to just 
reiterate that the skill sets needed for AI are quite different from the things that you'll find in agencies. You know, most agencies don't have data scientists. Um, most agencies have nobody that knows how much about Python or any of the related um, related code base that's been developed in, in for uh, you know machine learning code base. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and as I alluded to the last time we spoke, all, the vast majority of talent has been absorbed into a very small group of companies. You know, the Facebooks, the Amazons, the Googles, the Netflix of this world, um, mostly in Facebook and Google. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, we're seeing we're starting to see the cutesy stuff. I mean, it, you know, if you use Google as your Gmail system, you'll see the automated messaging that they offer. Um, you know, those are all really driven by uh, an understanding of of how you are messaging things as well as how people respond to text that's similar. So mm-hmm. um, it is all machine learning. Um, so I don't know if a small agency has an advantage. What, one thing I will say is I, I don't feel... You know, that kind of old adage, uh, Stefan, where, you know, we used to say to smaller companies like, um, listen, if you use your digital strategy effectively, you can you can play on the same level as a big company. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. you can you can compete. So mom and pop or startup can compete with the big guys. I. I I haven't seen a, a, a lot of that yet in the machine learning space where the mom and pops are doing it better than uh, the, the bigger guys. And then also the most meaningful systems that are being released right now with AI are things like um, call centers, um, mm-hmm. chatbots, um, uh uh, th- things that things that are managing like the user interface and the user experience, um, optimizing media budgets. So things that aren't that sexy, but in fact actually require a lot of data, right? Mm-hmm. And bigger companies have more data. So, yeah. you know, so I, I, I think, in fact, actually, I think you're highlighting a real interesting opportunity and a challenge. How does a small company compete to, uh, when they don't have all that data, you yeah. know? So, I mean, having the data requires to collect it, right? I mean, it has yes. to be stored somewhere and then you need to be able to slice and dice it in order to make to make sense of it. As you said earlier, uh, in our paraphrase, if, if, if you ingest crap, you get crap out of it, you know? Then Correct. It's not going to work well. So probably it's a two-part question. What systems can, you know, small or medium-sized agencies use to do the data collection and then do they really need data scientists to to get started with ai or can they not just start off with using solutions that are out there for example you know there's a system i think it's called note which is uh, backed by uh, mark cuban which is a sales software an ai based sales software you mentioned chat box and, and other solutions so where do people have to start what what solutions can they use in order to start collecting data and then basically preparing the data to be used for the systems? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a great question. I, I um, 
I had a, a series of conversations with a couple of folks that have been working in the machine learning space for a long time over the, over the last couple of months. And, um, you know, one of the things that they, what, that, that they uh, highlighted was that we're, we're all in this like mad rush to, you know, have like the plugin or the app that we can just be like, oh, that's what we need. That'll make everything work we're still kind of at a slightly earlier phase of AI, I think, where we really have to kind of pause for a second. And I, I would say, ask yourself some fundamental questions, which is, what is it exactly that you're trying to achieve? Because the best, the best tools, that you can get a lot of uh, kind of pre-structured code that is designed to do specific things, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, uh, you know, there's there's a ton of a, a, you know, a, a ton of open source, uh, you know, out software out there that's that that's that that someone can pull and actually start to use to develop. But you need to understand, like, is it is it that you're trying to train something to recognize photographs? Is this that you're trying to uh, train something to recognize anomalies in buying patterns or anomaly? You know, it, you have to be very, very clear on what you're trying to do because we're, we're, AI doesn't really, you know, while you can kind of give it unstructured data and see what it comes out with. It's it's not particularly great at that yet, you know. We're you're still trying to, mm-hmm. you know, you can do that and say, all right, well, look look for any patterns, you know, and see what you find. The first phases for agencies should really be like looking at what you do and saying, like, couldn't we do this more efficiently? Couldn't we be doing this at greater scale? Um, mm-hmm. And then matching it up. Um, there's probably what you know what you can do is, you know, a, there's a ton of stuff from IBM. There's a ton of stuff from Google um less so from facebook <laughs> that uh you can get uh, you know to utilize uh freely and and of course all those guys will take your money to help you as well <laughs> sure sure they do <laughs> they love your money yes. um i mean i think you know the the most simple form in, is if you look at google for example the snippets that you can program and that can be uploaded in your google account in that can handle certain tasks, right? So for example, for us here at Symphony Digital, you know, we have a we have one of our guys that that looks at processes and, and looks at can that process be automated? Um, and, and if so, then he goes about and, and creates the snippet and, and uploads it into Google, we test it, and if it works and does the job, we cut X amount of time out of the day-to-day management, which which right. helps because then you can focus on I would call it higher level things. So you focus more on strategy, on on, on the yeah. bigger picture, rather than being deep into you know into the nitty gritty little things, um, right. which you have to pay for if you have a human being sitting there. But it's, you know, right, it doesn't make but sense. You, to but, do but, but 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 yeah. But I mean, I'm kind of saying that that fundamental question up front, which is you need to be able to ask that initial question, right? Mm-hmm. The initial thing that you want. And then, and then, uh, machine learning can support you to come up with a better answer for it. So then, once an once an agency just thinks about it and comes up with, you know, these are the areas um, we believe we can get a software solution that can pick up the slack. How would they go about to collect the data? What what systems 
um, do you recommend? Do they have to pay for it? Can they use a solution like Google Analytics to start off with? Sure. I mean, they can use Google Analytics. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's an argument to say that Google has a set of tools. Amazon has a set of tools. Those being, you know, probably Amazon being kind of like a, a huge cloud-based provider. Microsoft as well with their Azure set. Um, I, I, I would, you know, those would be the companies that you should look at their sites, look at how they allow you to store data and then allow you to, to actually utilize many of their products for uh, structuring those that data to be utilized effectively within their systems. Um, mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, there, there, there's kind of a, <laughs> there's a running battle in, in, in one of my, in Canary uh, where we have, um, you know, some of our systems are Google, some of our systems are AWS and, um, you know, there's a lot of developers that hate that. Um, there's some developers that actually, actually think it's quite important to do that. Um, but they are structured slightly differently. So it really mm -hmm. will depend on uh, kind of what systems you're building off of that you, you know, took the best way to optimize them. You mentioned cloud a second ago. And I, I think that, that cloud storage is probably one of, or was one of the biggest hurdle for AI solutions to progress faster because what you at the end of the day is you need a place where you store all the data sets at yes. this point are the cloud solutions available good enough for the agencies to advance with ai yeah and with the solutions that are available? at this stage sure um but i mean it, the 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 need for greater storage is going to um increase exponentially and so um it's that's an ongoing uh, discussion and an ongoing area that is going to require a lot of work because um, I think one thing that people don't remember, you know, machine learning uses a ton of energy, uh, just a ton. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, it's not the greatest thing for the environment, <laughs> believe it or not. So uh, I think it's going to be one of the big discussions that, that we're going to have to have as a society, like how do we do these things more and more efficiently? You've seen, uh, you know, big companies try to figure out uh, cheaper ways to keep their storage, uh, you know, cool. Uh, you know, Google put it on a barge, and um, I know there's one group that has some as uh, Amazon has several, Microsoft has several that are on like Greenland, and you know. It's it, it requires it, it's gonna that will be a, an increasing need. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess um, you know for the primitive stuff that we're working on today, sure we're okay. But for the stuff that you read about and uh, you see in the movies, uh, we got we got we've got to figure that data storage out still. You know, you just said the primitive AI stuff. What are the areas currently, yeah. and, and that might differ from agency to agency, depending on how they answer that question you, you kind of stated a few minutes ago, but what are the areas at the moment where agencies should consider AI as a way of cutting out the manual labor and letting a system do the work? Are there specific areas that you identified in your, in your research that agency already use? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't have a complete list in front of me, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that 
um, you know, where, where you have uh, like a need to clearly sort out specific data, right. Or to update mm-hmm. that data. Um, so it, 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 it may be trying to structure almost using kind of like all the basic stuff that we would have had for like SEOs, uh, you know, think how things are tagged, how you sort, how you sort information along the, along those lines, um, how you find anomalies in that information. Um, that type of, that type of use of AI is go, is, is going to become more and more prevalent. Um, we're starting to see it used very much for, um, you know, things like, uh, photographic recognition recognition right so mm-hmm. um trying to understand as i said earlier that a dog is a dog a cat is a cat that stefan is stefan you know when they see you on a on a site of, of some sort mm-hmm. um there is um i would say that probably one of the areas that that is being developed um, and probably will develop a lot more is, is essentially kind of like um, AI driven dynamic creative. So Mm -hmm. um, kind of pulling together information about the user in real time, they can essentially create kind of a, an optimized ad unit of some sort. I find that really interesting or an offer Mm -hmm. uh, of some sort um, uh, will become more commonplace we, as I said, that areas like um, CRM-related areas, like e- email marketing, um, calls, call centers, um, managing how the user interface or that the experience that an individual would have in a digital environment, how that can be optimized and how it can learn quickly, is um, going to be helpful. And then on the creative side, you know. Um, you know, Adobe and several others are already developing tools that would allow an individual to render um, kind of like a, an, an idea much faster, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, uh, it, you know, co- building and collecting on your vision of what a cat is, you know, in a much more rapid way to so that you could design all the characters for your your new production of cats, the music. Yeah. Right. So it, 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 so I, I, I think that, you know, we're going to see it touch a lot of areas, um, very quickly. Um, I would say that, you know, areas that are, uh, that I, it, so, you know, one of the things I was looking at a couple of weeks ago was me, you know, audio and how, mm-hmm. how, so, you know, AI is quite, quite useful in determining patterns of uh, authorship in music. So it literally can tell you all the songs that were written by John Lennon that were written by the Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. So things like that, I think are going to be, so for, from a research perspective, it's particularly useful. Um, that being said, the, the, the AI created music to date is extremely vapid so they got a long way to go before they're gonna come out with uh you know uh uh the next the next hit i think yeah yeah well you know i want to come almost full circle you know we started off um in in the, in the first podcast uh talking about your findings um from your research from from your perspective 
what needs to happen for for the marketing executives to to lower their barriers to embrace the AI technology and 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 start looking at how they can improve processes internally i mean with that always goes along being more profitable is it is it the is it the software solution themselves do they need more education what is it so you know there's been uh you know uh there's a, a group a group of harvard business school professors actually tried to look at that very question which was um you know how should a company actually get started on this stuff um should they actually create kind of like a a separate team or a group that focuses on AI? Should they uh, try to integrate it into kind of the day-to-day? Um, I think that a lot of it's going to depend on the specific company and the specific people involved. Um, what 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 I, I do know is that if you can get an organization aware of um, aspects, so like obviously as a, as a, manager you need to have a certain level of understanding if if you can educate people on on the general area of machine learning and then you can help them kind of get through the the planning task of how it could impact their business i i think it you know it's dangerous at this stage to jump to the natural human place which is where all cfos will go which is how do how how can I use this to cut my workforce? I I I I I think that you know I've seen that in my my own my own company where you know when I sit down with the finance director you know he's like yeah we can reduce you know our creators from five hundred down to two hundred and you're like mm-hmm. let's you know I I don't jump to that yet you know we're not I don't think. We're there. We're we're there yet. That shouldn't be the the uh, the uh, the initial driver. Albeit, I think it will be a factor over over time. Um, uh, and because I actually here's an interesting one. I, um, you know, there's a there's a hotel in Japan called uh, the Haba Hotel, which was the scary hotel, which was a a hotel that was only populated with robots. And um, they did it kind of almost as like a funny, cool, trendy thing, like a robot hotel that you could stay at. What they found quickly was, in fact, actually earlier this year, they've actually removed 30% of their robots because, uh, you know, so the, so even the robots will lose their jobs if they aren't good robots. <laughs> if they don't, if they don't good, perform, they're out on the street. Perform. <laughs> like they have to learn they have to learn quickly as well um yeah so i i um i i think that you know Stefan, i hope to have a better answer for you in the next couple of months on that question on exactly kind of the steps that i think you know a marketing department should should take but certainly mm-hmm. there is kind of a, a much deeper general knowledge that needs to happen and then there needs to be a really thoughtful discussion with the people that are in charge of talent to think mm-hmm. about the types of people that they're recruiting uh, into the business because yeah. um, the, the marketing group of the future does not look at like it, it requires a different type of type of executive yeah. and, and it will require people that are translators as well. 
I mean, data mm-hmm. scientists and marketers do not speak the same language. So uh, there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of work that's going to have to be done that that gets those groups. You know, in your, there needs to be you know uh, a whisper, uh, an a an a, a an AI whisperer, you know, who can somehow explain things. We we talked about humans throughout the entire two podcast, but as as kind of a last question, uh, is AI making humans irrelevant moving forward for agencies and media publishers, or where where is the good medium? You know, I, I would say that probably the hardest areas for neural networks to copy are kind of like the uh, creative or illogical logic of human beings. And so, um, you know, humans have have uh, tre- a tremendously interesting brains that allow us to do lots of things that are very hard for machines to do. At this stage, um, I I would say that um, if your job is you know very um, may, uh, very kind of like uh, cookie cutter, right? Like um, like if you work at a call center or a contact center of some sort, I can't imagine that in ten years time there will be rooms filled with people answering phone calls anymore. I just, it, 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 I, I, I believe that almost all of that will be automated. I, I, I actually was, uh, I was in a meeting with Google. I saw some of the stuff that they've developed in that area and it's just so good already. Uh, you know, in, in five years time, it's going to be flawless. And, um, and so, um, it's going to be able to detect emotion. It's going to be able to detect speech patterns. The, the system that Google had developed, in fact, actually, you know, uh, when it talks to you, it, it, it makes human inflections, pauses, ums. You know, it, it, you really feel like you're talking to a human being. Um, so I think a lot of those types of roles may, may fade away. Um, but in terms of kind of like higher level needs for strategic thinking of how do you have your company break through, that's going to be important. And then I, I do think one of the hardest things for humans is that AI machines sometimes, you know, it will have to be a, there will have to be a human that evaluates the results because, you know, um, and, you know, AI will come to a conclusion that may be the most efficient, but it may not be the most ethical, right? It, or it might be the, the most profitable, but it might be racist, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have to, so there's going to literally have to be a lot of buffers and protections um, and it's going to be bumpy. There's going to be so many mistakes along the way. And I think the thing that probably everyone worry out, worries about the most, I think right now I'm seeing a lot of goodwill put forward towards um, doing things in a, an ethical way. Um, there was a last year in October, there was the universal guidelines for artificial intelligence were put together and it was agreed on by, um, you know, I think most of it's like 70 countries and, um, you know, these are kind of like principles that m- most people have agreed to, but how we police these things, 
how we manage these things is going to be tricky. You know, the most dominant nations in AI right now are China and America. In China, everything is prohibited. So everything is controlled by the state. So AI just allows them to know everything in more detail. In the U.S., we generally don't like to regulate things, right? I mean, in the U.S., Mm -hmm. if you were to kind of take like a pure capitalistic viewpoint, we don't like to have government involved in things, right? And so in, in some ways, like that European voice in the AI world where, you know, I would say Europeans would regulate business. They, have, they tend to want to have more government involvement um, and they have a better social welfare system because of that as well. Um, that's still that that's getting a lot of lip service right now. I don't know how much it will get in terms of action. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it really is an interesting one. Like countries like China and the U S are investing like exponentially more than Europe is right now in, mm-hmm. in AI. So, yeah. uh, and that, that I think is going to start to ha- have material effects on the world economy. Yeah. Ben, I mean, it has been great talking to you about the topic of AI. Um, sure. Thanks so much for your time. Um, if people want to get in touch, want to find out more about you, how can they do that? Um, sure. Uh, you know, you can always find me on LinkedIn um, uh, or Twitter. But, uh, you know, the others, you can always just email me at, at my funny uh, name that's very short but very hard for people to remember somehow, which is Bant, B as in boy, A as in apple, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, at uh, Canary, which is spelled Q as in queen, N as in Nancy, A as in apple, R as in rabbit, Y as in yellow.com. So Bant at canary.com, and um, I'll, 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 I'll be sure to get back to you. Wonderful. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Silhouette podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.